Hey everyone, it's Braden here. We're introducing a new segment to the show. We've seen something really interesting happen since starting the early years. A couple of things have naturally come from the show and from these interviews that we didn't really think would. One of those things is getting great advice from executive level people, things that they did to help them get to where they are now. While getting career development was never the intent of the show, we've learned a ton of cool things that will potentially help each of you in your careers. We're calling this segment Gold Nuggets. What we'll do is pull some tips, advice, and stories from our most recent episodes that we imagine will be helpful. Let's get into it. This is The Early Years, a show about influential early employees of the most successful companies and their stories that have made a lasting impact. On today's show, we're introducing Gold Nuggets, a segment highlighting the tips and advice from influential people. The first bit of advice is something that many people who work at startups get talked to about a lot, but most people know very little about, equity. We're going back to episode one to hear Rich Taylor's experience and advice on equity, considering he's worked at 11 companies in 15 years. Venture capitalists look at a whole portfolio of companies and they invest in a bunch of them, knowing that maybe one or two of them will pay off in a big way. Um, with startups, it's, it's pretty similar. I've been at some great companies and I've picked, I've been fortunate to pick really well or land at some great companies. I didn't have equity in all of these um, that, that got acquired, but uh, I, I always stay a year and get my first year vesting um, and then, and then they've done well for me. So, um, so yeah, I've, I've taken more of a portfolio approach to uh, where, which companies I go to and how long I stay. Um, and, but I'm also very open about that with anyone. And I think, I think the one thing to look back at, you know, you look back at maybe regrets or different things in your career. Um, I don't think I have any of those. I think monetarily, some of the choices would have been better than others. And some of those are yet to be known. Um, but the other thing to, to maybe look at is, you know, equity wise, if you join startups, um, you know, when you get to a certain point, you get more equity. And if you join earlier or later, you get different types of equity. And, and that's something that's not as talked about more. And, and I wish, uh, you know, I wish people had more advice about equity and what it means yeah. in a startup and, and how that's structured and also compensation. I think those two things are not, people are being more open about them now, but there's not enough information out there. It's a little taboo to talk about. And that, I think that's unfortunate. You know, you talk about how there's this, the stock option side of it, right? Um, and I think people hang on to that too much is that's going to be their saving grace. And that's why I'm going to stick around. Like early in my career, I worked at a company. I had, or I had some shares and I kept using that as an excuse of like, this is why it's okay that they pay me so little. Hmm. Right? Yeah. Is yeah. that a trap that you feel like a lot of people are in? And tell me what you think about that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give an example. So um, there was someone that I, that was working for me and I was able to go get him a promotion, a raise. Um, and this, this company had a very structured promotion cycle. Um, and I gave him the raise and then I basically had to take my company hat off and say, all right, now we're talking as friends. I gave you the most, you, you got the most of anyone in the company raise wise, but because you started so low and you've been here for so long, 
you could leave right now and make 50 to 50 percent more than you're making right now wow and and i go now the equity is another piece i don't know what that's going to be um but it turned out that that person stayed there for a long time at that company and that they didn't you know they once they left they did make almost 50 percent more wow. at a different company and got equity at a, that other company and maybe they're doing well um, so I, I think that is something that some people use as kind of a downturn. Now, in a competitive market, you know, the tactics of a company are to make sure that you, you feel like you have something else. And there's a whole package of things. There's benefits and different things. But, you know, skateboards and candy and that type of stuff. Like, you know, I work from home now. A lot of people are now. Um, you know, I've been working from home before COVID uh, hit. But but for me, you know, that, that is something that people hang on to. And, and I learned this pretty early in my career as well. Um, when working for Sun Microsystems, I was supposed to go get an intern. And uh, so I, I went and asked. My boss said, hey, go get an intern. We need them to do this. And, and I raised my hand and said, basically, I need somebody to help. And so I, I go get the intern payment sheet. And, you know, I was in Boise, Idaho, and I was making what I thought was pretty good money. Um, and then I realized MBA interns made 50% more money than I did. And so I went to my boss after I got the intern sheet of what we pay him. And I said, Hey, uh, I'm getting my MBA and I'm going here and I work here full time. Should I be paid more? He said, <laughs> well, my bad. And, and he didn't know he like you, he didn't really look at it. And I had gotten a few, I had, I had a, quite a few raises at this company already. And overnight I got a 50% raise in salary. Wow. And, and like nobody told me this. And, and there was someone that at the company that said, you, you are way undervalued and way underpaid. I'm like, nah, I'm doing all right. Like I'm happy. Like I love my job. Things are going great. But this person said that to me and it kind of stuck with me. And then that, that happened. And so, so I, I think I'm very open about what people should expect and not. And, and I think there's a lot more information out there, but I think that's a, that's an unfortunate thing by many companies that they don't, they're not really as open about that. Yeah. And, and, and you don't know how, who to ask, like, should I be making this or not? Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I think that is a taboo topic as well. You know, this was a really interesting, um, discussion between rich and i uh so often like i said earlier we just we we talk about equity and we want to get equity all the time but most people have no idea what equity means and if it's actually going to make them any money to the point where too frequently people do accept it in in lieu of pay thinking that they're going to become millionaires and make way less than they potentially should and so uh, I've really appreciated Rich's perspective. You know, he had, he's worked at a lot of companies in, in a short amount of time. And some people like that. Some people don't, uh, it, it may not work for most people, but for Rich, it, it seemed to work out where he's been able to understand equity more. And, and I think to Rich's point, what he would recommend is really going and in, in trying to get as much information as you can about what equity means from from any of your mentors you may have anyone that you can ask at the company before accepting those terms so moving on one of my favorite stories comes from episode eight when nate usher shows that asking the most audacious questions can really pay off yeah so funny great question a funny story um 
somewhere along the lines, I had this crazy idea when I was on the consulting side that I could run engineering better than anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but like, why? What made you think this? Um, arrogance? I was young arrogance. Ar- I was arrogant, young, ambitious. No, what was happening is, you know, I like I, it. Yeah. I, it sounds great, right? You know, anybody could do it. Um, so what happened was I'm always been, at least for me, like I've always been the guy that wants to learn everything, right? I want to be able to experience different roles, different positions. I always kind of thought for the future, right? Like if I was to go either start a company or work for another company, what, what do I want to offer? I'm, I just come from this background of, Hey, get as much experience as you can um, and, and make it happen and, and make sure you can fall back on other opportunities, whether it's sales, operations, product, whatever that is. And part of that through, through that thought process, we were seeing VPs of engineering at dealer socket cycle every two years. And we worked a lot with the engineering team. And I basically wrote an email to the owner of the company, Brad Perry, who was the CTO at the time. And basically the gist of the email was I can be your next VP of engineering because I know the product, I know the industry. I just need you to help me understand and teach me what it means to be uh, on the engineering side. So uh, wow, <laughs> looking, wow. looking, yeah, yeah. I wish I could find that email. Yeah, it'd, it'd be very awesome to, to frame <laughs> and laugh at every once in a while. But <laughs> I, and he wrote back and he said, are you serious? which is probably a reasonable response oh completely reasonable i mean if somebody said that to me today i mean i'd be like of course i'd be like what an ambitious individual but then i'd be like wow where where is that coming from and so he he wrote back and he said are you serious and i said yeah I'm, i'm i'm serious i think that i think i could do this and, and granted, I didn't know anything about engineering. All I knew, knew was I wanted to be, I wanted to learn the skill of technology. I wanted to be, I wanted to have that skill set of developing technology. And I really didn't know what that was. But the point of the story is Dealer Socket, a couple of years later, was looking for somebody to be the director of product management, which is, I had no idea what that meant at the time, Yeah. but I got a call from Brad and he said, Hey, will you come be my director of product? And apparently the story is they were in a board meeting and um, when they were trying to think who could be the director of product inside a dealer socket, one of the executives, I I guess, I guess, I guess my email kind of got around because (laughs) one of the other executives piped up and said, um, well, what about, Nate Usher's email where he wanted to be the VP of engineering. Maybe he, maybe he can go for it. And uh, yeah, that email came back and they basically called me and said, Hey, we want you to be the director of product management for dealer socket, which I didn't know what it was to be honest at the time, but it, it sounded cool. (laughs) And I thought I was going to be like Steve jobs. So I said, sure, I'll take it. it. Sounds great. What I love about this story, such a good story. Um, just go for it, man. Like I don't want to use Nike and just do it, but there's truth to that. Um, maybe with a little bit more reason, but man, 
too often I think so we get so scared and we don't want to try and we don't want to embarrass ourselves but Nate definitely got embarrassed by writing that email to become the VP of engineering and it probably wasn't the right fit and they they made a right decision but look what it led to um an awesome opportunity then arose because of that so I just I love the concept of of just going for it and and trying something new despite how embarrassing it may be and it may not happen right now but you never know what's going to come of it. Uh, we're going back to episode two. Craig Daly shares his best advice for being a good leader and really what it was like to transition from being an individual contributor to becoming a leader. Yes, it's, it's a, I've learned a lot. I'll tell you that. Um, I think uh, arrogantly, I, I thought I would be a good leader right out of the gates. Um, just because I thought I understood people and, and in all reality, like a misconception I had about leadership was be the person with all the answers, uh, be somebody that they can trust, you know, and yes, you need to have the answers. Yes. You need to be somebody they can wholeheartedly trust. But I think something I took away, at least from that initial leadership, uh, you know, run was you're doing everybody a disservice if you're creating dependencies on you in the sense of like, if they're always coming to you to answer questions, to mm. proof check emails, to consider pricing, you're, you're not empowering them or developing them. And I think there's so much uh, incredible, you know, byproducts of that development. If Braden is becoming more and more powerful through his ability to make his own decisions and just, you're the one kind of playing Geppetto a little bit in the background, helping them grow and arrive. Um, that fulfillment has multiples well above you just being the person with the answers, like like no one, no one cares for that. It doesn't scale. You'll never advance in your career. So I think in my mind, as people now ask me questions, I I do reference that back at that time of, yeah. And before I answer, tell me a little bit about how you're thinking about this. How do you think we should price or how do you think what message should we share? I think kind of putting it back on them forces their brains to become self-sufficient. You know, Craig, I've, I've actually gone through that same process myself because I used to think like, oh, if they're coming to me like that, that's good on me. Like that makes me look right. better. That like that means I'm super valuable. But it's like, no, like you're holding people back. You're holding yourself back when you're not enabling people to grow right. and to learn how to do these things and, and removing yourself. Like it's, it's kind of contradictory, but like the more you remove yourself from something, actually the, the better it makes you, it feels like, would you agree with that? hundred percent. Yeah. I feel like at the root of it, it's like insecurity. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like you need those little deposits of people asking you questions so that you feel valued or, or you need to, you know, convey that, that you're good. But yeah, I, I think the most confident leaders are much more ones that just ask really good questions uh, with the intent that it's, you know, it's empowering you to think on your own. Yeah. Such good advice from, from Craig there. Um, I think we, we too often want to, we get validation by being, involved in everything and all the questions coming to us. But man, what I've learned is, is I've gone into leadership positions and same as Craig obviously has as well, that you want to remove yourself. You want to help people grow. If you're not helping your team grow, I don't think you're really doing a good job as a leader. Um, so that, that's one of the biggest things I, I really took from Craig and his advice there is, you know, you've got to help your team grow and, and finding all the ways you can do that. And most of the time it's not by answering every nitpicky question for them. The last nugget is from episode six. Uh, Megan Eisenberg was a VP of marketing at DocuSign and wanted to become the CMO. And frankly, giving birth to her daughter wasn't going to stop her from trying. 
when I was at DocuSign, our CMO was getting ready to leave and it was, it was, he resigned the day I gave birth to my third child. <laughs> I really wanted to be a CMO, but I didn't want to leave DocuSign because I love the company. And so um, from the hospital, I had my laptop there because I had to be there four days. I started scheduling time with our CEO and CEO at DocuSign. I was like, I want to be the CMO. And I, uh, and I had been getting pinged by recruiters for different jobs and Mongabee had reached out, but I had ignored it because uh, one, it was a New York company uh, and it, I had just barely heard of it. And I was, um, didn't think I was technical enough for it. Yeah. Uh, and so I kind of ignored it. And for the next 12 weeks, I tried to be, get the CMO job at DocuSign. And I went in two days a, a week during my maternity leave and I pitched and I fought and I, I would like, I was driving up from, um, from the South Bay and I would like try to pump myself up, you know, to go after it. And, and in the end, I didn't get it. Um, I ended up being ranked three out of the, you know, candidates and Brad Brooks got it. Awesome guy deserved it. He was the right pick for them at that time. Um, but it gave me going through that process, gave me the confidence of that. Hey, you know, I can do it. I can leave. I've got uh, people reaching out. And at the same time, MongoDB was pretty aggressive. Even if I had said no, they kept coming back and tell, I'd give them all the reasons why it wasn't going to work. And they'd come, you know, they were smart. Dave's a closer. He kept coming back and just saying, no, this is why. And I, I remember saying to him, I, I don't know why you want me. <laughs> My own company doesn't want me. Like, doesn't tell you enough. And he, he was like, no, that's exactly why I want you. You have to prove to them they made the wrong choice. Man, Megan just went for it. And I love the mentality of nothing's going to get in her way from accomplishing what she wants. Um, she shares in, in other parts of her episode, this concept of not, there's no ceiling. Uh, her, her dad and parents raised her in a way that you don't, you don't accept. No, you just keep going and keep finding a way to make it happen. And, and that was clearly evidence from that. <laughs> Having a baby wasn't going to stop her from trying to become the CMO. That was gold nuggets segment highlighting the tips and advice from influential people special thanks to rich taylor nate usher craig daly and megan eisenberg for their stories and advice you can obviously go back and listen to the entire episodes that may have caught your attention thanks for listening to today's show i'm Braden anderson and this is the early years <laughs>